Sometimes, when working a particularly shitty shift, I fantasized about what my life might have been like if I'd been a vampire a few hundred years ago, if my sire hadn't been a total asshat, or dead. I imagined him showing me a good time, somewhere like London. He'd be independently wealthy and by some other means than running a brothel. I'd wear a ruffled dress and he a fancy suit with long coattails and a top hat. We'd go dancing and then relieve a local donor of his bloodletting collection. The night would conclude with us settling down in a gothic crypt where he'd gladly answer my every obscure question. But unfortunately, I died in the 21st century. There were no ruffled dresses or coattails here. No fancy crypts. My sire was a prick and now he was dead dead. And I had no one to answer the million questions ping-ponging around inside my head along with all these distracting fantasies. Oh, and now that I was one of the undead, I always got the shit shifts. Tonight was no different. I hated running DUI checkpoints. Traffic was backed up down Olive Boulevard, more funneling in off the 141 ramps. The heat of idling engines paired with the sweltering August air was wreaking havoc on my hair and skin. The pits of my uniform were damp, and my legs itched under the thick brown pants. At least it was dark. Of course, now that I slept like the dead while the sun was up, it was always dark. The night had yielded a handful of sloppy drunks, and one unfortunate bachelorette party that had tried to win over the only gay officer on the force by flashing him. Now that I worked with the canine unit, I was, thankfully, no longer subjected to the worst of the catcalling and bribery tactics. I simply had to walk Mandy, my werewolf partner moonlighting as a police dog, around any vehicle pulled in for additional questioning. It was an easy gig, though unbearably mind-numbing, like most of the rookie tasks we were assigned. Mandy constantly nagged me to push Langford, the new captain I was under, for meteor jobs. She wanted something she could sink her teeth into. Literally. I couldn't afford to tell her how badly I wanted that, too. And I didn't have the heart to tell her that day would never come. We had to be careful if we wanted to make this last. The circus act we were pulling off was unheard of. Vampires and werewolves living on the fringes of the supernatural society weren't supposed to draw attention. The more eyes, the more risk of exposure. And House Lilith didn't do warnings. Assassinations and executions were more their style. At least, that's what I'd heard from my very limited sources— it made my occupation difficult to manage on so many levels. Mandy and I couldn't risk doing anything worthy of praise, anything that might make the local newspapers or television stations take an interest in us. That, too, could draw the wrong kind of attention. If Mandy ever bit someone, there was a possibility that it could be deemed unnecessary roughness. There was the chance the suspect would convince a jury they were innocent and demand that Mandy be put down. And heaven forbid she ever get injured on the job. If a vet sedated her, she'd shift back to her human form. Even if they let her remain conscious for an exam, any half-baked vet would figure out soon enough that she wasn't some rare mixed-breed dog. Right now, we were fudging her papers with the help of a doctor Mandy knew in Sparrow Heights, some backwoods town in the Ozarks teeming with all sorts of strange things I didn't even want to know existed. Earth to sky. Come in, Officer Sky. The walkie-talkie clipped on my uniform crackled as Colin's melodious voice sang through it and I was ripped out of my 19th-century London daydream. I stopped and gave Mandy's leash a gentle pull, the lightest tug imaginable. She growled under her breath and turned her black, wolfy face up to glare at me. 
We were still working out her job expectation issues with the canine unit. At least she didn't show her ass too much around the other officers. I huffed an annoyed sigh before tossing my blonde ponytail over my shoulder and pressing a button on my walkie. I'm here, Collins. What do you need? We're pulling one in, but Ricker and Yogi are still working over the last car. Want to bring Star down to do a quick trunk sniff? He asked. We'll be right there. I lifted an eyebrow at Mandy. Lead the way, Princess P. Mandy groaned and grumbled as we turned around and headed back up Olive Boulevard. The white letters spelling out police on her ballistic vest glowed in the dark. I knew she hated wearing it in this heat, but it helped disguise the fact that she was no German shepherd. It also made me feel a tiny bit better about dragging a teenager into my dangerous line of work. Mandy was barely 18. We'd celebrated her birthday just the month before, with fireworks and a backyard barbecue and the small handful of people who knew our darkest secrets.